0: start just a moment again. Uh, It is a beautiful text that we're going to read this morning, but a humongous challenge. Remind us throughout who we are and who we belong to. Amen. February 2015. Twenty-one young Christian men were beheaded on a beach in Libya by a group called ISIS. They did that to send a message, they said, to the people of the cross, that they will not rest until they have wiped them all out. The whole idea was to spread fear and terror. The opposite happened. Just one of the mothers said, Egyptian boys. One of the mothers said, I am so proud of my son. Even in the face of death, he did not deny his faith. And I know that God will continue to take care of him. What a word. They could have lived. If in that moment they were prepared to turn their back on the cross and deny their faith and their savior, but they didn't, they chose to take a stand. What would we do? We don't face swords on our necks or isis taking us prisoner but we we do face critics that make light of our faith colleagues that mock our beliefs i remember pretty well not going to name his name they moved away live in godrich now was a young elder in this church and he wanted to stand for a political party but he also said i am a christian And I remember he came and showed me the emails that he got from people mocking him for his faith. So we live in a secular world that is turning its back on Christianity faster than the speed of light. So as you think of your life and your work and where you are, do you sometimes feel alone? Mordecai did. So, today, where we catch up, it's been five years that Esther had become queen of Persia. And things for her and Mordecai could not be better. They are doing as well as you could ask, because Mordecai and Esther had still not revealed the fact that they were Jewish. They were still just blending in. They jumped the fence, and they were blending in all is good. And they're doing good. And life is good. And then something happens. And that's where we pick up the story this morning. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Now, those of you who have your Bibles, or if you're doing it on your cell phones, you need to underline verse 21, 22, 23 in your Bibles, because it's a very important text. We will come back to this. This is a pivotal moment. In the Greek we use the word kairos moment, a moment of decision that's going to happen that will come back way later. So make a note of this. We'll come back to this in the book. One day as Mordecai was on duty at the king's gate, two of the king's eunuchs, Bictan and Teresh, who were guards at the door of the king's private quarters, became angry at King Xerxes and plotted to assassinate him. And there's your biblical but. But Mordecai heard about the plot and gave the information to Queen Esther. She then told the king about it and gave Mordecai credit for the report. Remember all these words. When an investigation was made and Mordecai's story was found to be true, the two men were, and this is what the Persians did, the the Romans crucified you, the Persians did this. The two men were impaled on a sharpened pole. They sharpened them like a pencil, put them in you, and then put the poles up straight and left you there to die. This was all recorded in the book of the history of King Xerxes' reign. Remember these words. So Xerxes finds himself in trouble again for a moment. This time, not from the outside, not from the Greeks or any of the other enemies. This time, the enemy is on the inside. So Xerxes, spineless jerk that he was, needed to... That's what he was. We said that. He's a drinker more than a thinker, and you'll see that again. Uh, He couldn't care less about people. So he decides to to make an example of these two men. So puts them on the poles, but he goes a step further than that. In a moment, we're going to read this. He's going to appoint this this psychopathic egomaniac who doesn't care about lives and doesn't care to kill people to be his henchmen. And we told Israel about him. His name is Haman. So let's read about him. Chapter 3, and I'm in the NIV now. After these, let me just... can't see. See, I usually print them big like that. <laughs> so I don't have to wear the glasses on and off, but this was way too much to print. After these events, King Xerxes honored Haman, the son of Hemeditha, the Agagite, elevating him and giving him a seat of honor higher than that of all the other nobles. All the royal officials at the king's gate knelt down and paid honor to Haman, for the king had commanded this concerning him. And here's a biblical but, but Mordecai, Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor. Stop there for a second, we'll go on. And I know my wife gets so angry at me when I do this. She says, read it and get it done. But I need to stop this year because this is again the book of Esther. You need to know your Old Testament. You need to know the history of the Old Testament to understand this. Why would Mordecai be so silly not just to bow down before this Haman dude and get it over and done with instead of causing so much grief for himself, which is going to come in a second? Why would he do this? The, the answer is given in the first line in, in verse one. Go back to verse one, please, uh, Ted. It says, Hey, Xerxes appointed Haman, the son of Hamadatha, who was father was what? And or uh, Haman, who was a Agagite. Do you know what an Agagite was? So, descendants of King Agag. King Agag was the king of the Amalekites. The Amalekites have been the archenemy of the Jewish people since day one, and will be until the end of Kingdom Come. They're only goal is to annihilate the Jewish people. You can go read about this. Exodus, Deuteronomy, Samuel, you'll see it. If you know the history, go read the history. From start, go. That's all they wanted to do. Kill them, kill them. When they were moving from Egypt to come to the promised land, the Amalekites attacked them. These people had nothing. They were just trekking. They had no land. They came and killed them. Deuteronomy 25, Moses really rants against them, and he calls them a bunch of wusses because of what they did. They didn't attack the soldiers. They didn't come from the front. They went for the back. They killed the old people, the children, the sick, those who were in the back, the stragglers. They killed them. When they moved into the promised land and they settled down, the Amalekites were on them all the time. Listen what God says about the Amalekites. Exodus chapter 17, God's words. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will completely block out the name of Amalek from under heaven. So Moses built an altar and called it Yahweh Nisi, or you know it as Jehovah Nisi. There's no such word as Jehovah. Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord's my banner. And he said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. First Samuel 15, God says to Saul, I'm going to give the Amalekites into your hands destroy them, annihilate them, get rid of them. This is the moment God turns his back on Saul, because what does Saul do? Saul says, I know better than the Lord. I'll kill most of the people, but I'm going to keep all of the animals because I can I can use those. And then he let the king of the Amalekites go free. Anyone want to guess what the name of that king was? King Agag. Amaditha, the father of Haman was an agagite, those who always fought against the seed of Abraham. Kind of reminds me of Genesis. And I will have this thing between your seed and their seed. This is what you see right here. So what does is, what is Moragite do? He says, I'm not going to bow before that. I will not bow before the Amalekites. I won't ever do that. Then the royal officials at the king's gate asked Mordecai, Why do you disobey the king's command? Day after day, they spoke to him, but he refused to comply. Therefore, they told Haman about it to see whether Mordecai's behavior would be tolerated. And here's the moment, for he had told them he was a Jew. No more jumping the fence. No more blending in. This is mordecai's on the beach in libya moment i can't do this anymore i am a jew i belong to the lord and i will stake a stand haman goes ballistic and now i'm going to read the whole piece when haman saw that mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor he was enraged Yet, having learned who Mordecai's people were, can you see the Amalekites coming out? He scorned the idea of killing only Mordecai. Instead, Haman looked for a way to destroy all Mordecai's people, the Jews, throughout the whole kingdom of Xerxes. Can you see what's happening here again? In the twelfth year of King Xerxes, in the first month, the month of Nisan, which is April, the Pur, and the, the, the um, plural of this is Purim. That is, the lot, or the die, was cast. And that's where the Feast of Purim comes from. The lot was cast in the presence of Haman to select a day and a month, and the lot fell on the twelfth month, the month of Adar, which is exactly where we are now, March. Tomorrow by the way, is the beginning of the Feast of Purim. Monday, Tuesday is the Feast of Purim. It'll go on until Wednesday in Jerusalem. I didn't plan it this way. It was very interesting that this sermon fell on today and Purim is tomorrow. This was written 10 weeks ago. Then Haman said to King Xerxes, there's a certain people dispersed among the people in all the provinces of your kingdom who keep themselves separate Their customs are different from those of all other people, and they don't obey the king's laws. It's not in the king's best interest to tolerate them. If it pleases the king, let a decree be issued to destroy them all, and I will give 10,000 talents of silver. Remember I told you it's 375 tons of silver. I will give 10,000 talents of silver to the king's administrators for the royal treasury. So the king took his signet ring from his finger, gave it to Haman, son of Amaratha, the Agagite, the enemy of the Jews. Boy, does he underline that. Keep the money, the king said to Haman, and do with the people as you please. What a spineless jellyfish. Right? Just go kill them, man. Don't worry about that. Do whatever you want. They're just people. Then on the thirteenth day, the first month, the royal secretaries were summoned. They wrote out in the script of each province and in the language of each people all Haman's orders to the kings, satraps, the governors of the various provinces, and the nobles of the various people. They were written in the name of King Xerxes himself and sealed with his own ring. So, let's go past that. They dispatched them into the whole kingdom. Verse 15, Ted. The couriers went out, spurred on by the king's command... And the edict was issued in the citadel of Suta, Susa. The king and Haman sat down to drink. Ah, Give him 11 months to steal and to worry. Don't worry about him. Bring the wine. I'm more of a drinker than a thinker, Haman. Let's drink. But, did you see the but? But the city of Susa, was bewildered, stunned, scared to death. What's next with these two crazy people? The problem, the problem for Xerxes and Haman was this. Proverbs 16. People throw the poor to make a decision. But the answer comes from the Lord. Chance did not decide the date. God did. And although God's name is never mentioned in the book of Esther, God's will can be seen throughout this book all the time, loud and clear. It was God who gave them 11 months so that God's plan that God had already planned way back through even Mordecai and Esther jumping the fence, assimilating. God had a plan and God's plan is coming into action and God said, I need 11 months for this plan to work. It was God who put the 11 months in there and that's what they celebrate in Purim. God's looking after God's people. It was God who reminded Mordecai of who Mordecai was. No, Mordecai, you're not one of the Persians. You're not one of that world. Mordecai, you are a chosen man. You are mine. You belong to me. You are who I say you are. It was God who gave Mordecai the courage to get up and to stake a stand for what he believed. Can I tell you something? God will give you the courage to take a stand if you allow him to do that. Because can we just be a little honest with each other here today? So many of us as we sit in this place, and I won't let you put up your hands, we kind of feel like Mordecai and Esther, don't we? A little weary, a little wounded. Far from home, lost, caught in a world that's turned its back on God. Persia can be a lousy place. But Persia can also be this horrible breeding ground to make bad decisions. To jump the fence. To not take a stand. Can I, can I plead with you today? Please don't bow before Haman in those moments when you feel vulnerable. Because those are the moments in which we make bad decisions that will come back and that will haunt us for the rest of our lives. Make no mistake. We won't have the swords at our throats and ISIS on our backs. But we will, we will be challenged to compromise our beliefs and our faith. You ask the young people sitting here today, and I don't want to point you out by pointing you out. You ask them at the schools in which they are. Some of them are Pretty lucky they can go to a Christian school. But some can't. Ask them. Ask my friend again about trying to do something and wanting to stand for a party and, and all of this stuff comes at you. They, you will be challenged to compromise your faith because it would have been easy for him to say, no, 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 I, I've turned my back on that. I'm not going to church anymore and I don't follow Jesus anymore. This is, I, I'm all in this political... You will be challenged to stay silent when you should be speaking up. Make no mistake. Each one of us will stand at some stage before our Mordecai moment where we are challenged to bow before Haman. Teacher at school or the professor at university makes fun of God and of your faith. And the whole class laughs. And you? Company sends you on a business trip for a month. It's going to be good for your career. You're away. You get lonely. One of your colleagues sends you a text late at night. Would you like to come over to my room for a while? What are you going to do? You're a new salesperson, and the whole sales team invites you out to go for lunch with them. As you sit there, they tell you, listen, we need to inform you. We all just pad our our expense account, and and because we all do that, we're fine. No one knows about it, so we want you to be part of that. What do you do? Mordecai moments. They'll come your way, and they'll challenge you. Don't bow down before Haman. Mordecai had a few options. Mordecai could have said, Listen, I'll just bow down, but that's just on the outside. On the inside, I'm standing up straight. Right? That's the easy way to go. Or Mordecai could have said, It's no big deal. I'll just bow down. That's fine. I'll bow before Haman. It's not going to make a difference. Or Mordecai could have done what Mordecai did. He took a stand. And whatever would come with that, he took a stand. For he knew who he belonged to. Because here's the thing. Will you hear this? If only you hear this, that's, that's the best thing of the day. If you stand for God, God will stand for you. Thank you. Because that's the truth. If you stand for God, God will stand for you. You want an example? We, we we spoke about this example a few months ago when I when I did a series for you on the book of Daniel. Can you remember Daniel and his friends? They were told, you will bow before the statue. And the Daniel and his friends is, no way we're going to do that. They said, well, we're going to put you in a furnace if you don't do that. We're going to burn you. They said, that's fine, you burn us. And remember those words, Daniel chapter 3? We will not bow because God will deliver us. And then I preached on that verse for you. And it went on and it said, God will deliver us. And even if he doesn't, we will not bow before that statue. But he will. Because if you stand for God, and take a stand for God, God will take a stand for you. He proved that on a cross, on Calvary, when I didn't deserve it. And he doesn't go back on his word. Never has. He's never bowed. Never. And I don't have to. Because the sad thing is, compromise sounds so easy. Oh, I'll just bow. It's okay. It sounds so easy. And it is so easy. But compromise has horrible, horrible outcomes. You want a few examples? I'll give you a few. Adam compromised. He lost paradise. Esau compromised. He lost his birthright. Samson compromised. He lost his eyes and his life in the end. David compromised. He lost a little baby boy. Solomon compromised. He lost the kingdom of Israel. Judas compromised. And he lost his life. Don't bow before Haman. Take a stand, like Mordecai, and you'll see little Esther a little later when she's taught, don't do this. She went and fasted, and we'll talk about that. Lord, I'm struggling. I don't know how, but I need to take a stand. Let me finish the story that we started with. I didn't finish it. The story is told, if you go read the the newspaper articles, that one of the young men that was taken prisoner was not Egyptian. He was actually from Ghana, and he wasn't a Christian. But when they came to him, and they said, deny or die, and he said, looking at these young men who didn't deny their faith, he said, their God is my God. He lived as a Christian for a minute to spend eternity with a Savior. He didn't choose to live in this world and spend eternity without a Savior. May God give you the courage to take a stand in a hard world. That is my prayer for you. And for me. Father, wow, sometimes your word just overwhelms us. But thank you, thank you that you give this word because we see you even when your name isn't mentioned. You are there and you are working. And as we walk through Esther, we'll just see that more and more. But thank you that you work in us and that you challenge us In a very challenging world. In some days it's hard living in Persia, Lord. But we can't do it alone. And thank you that you made that promise, Lord Jesus, when you said, I'm going to be with my Father. Prepare your place. But don't worry, I'm not going to leave you alone. I will send one just as I the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the us, the one that's your advocate, that will plead for you, that will guide you, that will lead you. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. You are the one who helps us in the moment when we want to bow to take a stand. So just flood through us, flow through us, and work in us. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.